0: you <music>
1: Welcome to Taboo Malta. It's a show that discusses taboo topics in the sunny island of Malta. So hello, we have Dr. Mary Muscat today. Could you please introduce yourself to our audience?
0: Hi, um, I lecture here at university uh, with the Faculty of Laws. I'm uh, um, at the uh, civil law department. So anything related to family law, child law and uh, advocacy um, uh, would fall within my, my remit um before that i actually taught uh, criminology uh at the faculty of social well-being um i joined u- university in fact to to lecture in policing and in uh, enforcement um cuz i uh before becoming a lawyer i spent 13 years within the police force i was a, an inspector and so i have um hands-on experience on mm-hmm. on ex- enforcement on prosecution So, uh, but now I have basically retrained um, from criminal law to civil law. And I also work as a child advocate at the family court. And uh, very recently, um, there was a vacancy within Legal Aid. There's a a team um, of three lawyers that specializes on domestic violence issues. And uh, I applied and and, uh, um, eventually joined the the team as well. So... um, I try to do this kind of—I uh, um, wouldn't call them part-time jobs. It's it's uh, the practical part of the law, and specifically of family law, for the reason that y- y- you cannot just teach the subject; you have to, mm-hmm. to live it in in uh, in court in mm-hmm. that setting.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, well done. <laughs> Thank you. So since you mentioned that you have direct experience with the Malta police force and we're talking about domestic violence, um, why do you think it's, it takes so long for women who are being abused to get protected by the police force?
0: In my time it was even worse because there, there wasn't the uh, specifically an offence um, called domestic violence. Uh, You had to look at it from different angles, whether uh, it was a physical injury, uh, there were threats and and, and the myriad of of tiny offenses, the the contraventions. And then uh, altogether, they they would form uh, what we now um, uh, uh, call domestic violence, which is also a legal term. So it was extremely difficult at the time, even to convince the officers of this reality. And um, eventually uh, with the Istanbul Convention, because th- that was the, the catalyst, not just for, for Malta, for basically other uh, European member states that hadn't caught up yet with, with this reality. Because uh, it, it's not easy to introduce a, a new cluster of, of offences, whatever they are. The same happened with money laundering, for example. And so, so the system takes time to catch up. Now, imagine that. So, the the legal system has to catch up in its own terms and then it has to filter down to the enforcers. And then you have to deal with the culture of those enforcers and tell them, look, we have this new set of offences. We we have to work on this. Um, uh, There's a a standard order of procedures. You need to do this. You need to work with other agencies. Now, that is... uh, um, and those are uncharted waters, and uh, you, when you have an agency where you, ha- you you you're wearing a uniform and you take an uh, a note of allegiance, you don't do that. You you work. You, you're your own person. Uh, you only answer to your superior officers, and that's it. You don't work with other agencies. So, again, there's a whole culture change that has to take place first.
1: Okay, and you mentioned that these are kind of new, but I don't think domestic violence is new in Malta specifically, right? And I read somewhere that it has doubled in a decade against women, um, specifically after COVID, because a lot of people were living together. Um, So how do you think the police force can actually hurry up in a way? So we had cases, for example, with Bernice Kassar, Um, had in 2017 the murder of Daphne Caruana Galizia so there were cases of reporting to the police that they're being abused or they're being stalked Um, but to the public it seems like they weren't actually protected so how can we
0: improve this? Both domestic violence and violence against women uh, because the difference is the domestic setting so the, the common element is violence against women but if it is done within the domestic setting then it's called domestic violence so, in the case of Bernice Kassar, uh, who incidentally was uh, uh, someone I helped her, um, I, I helped in, in, in the co-supervision of, of her dissertation, because it was uh, an analysis of um, a particular television series uh, featuring a, a policewoman, and um, she was looking at the impact on actual police inspectors. And so, I, I was helping her with, with that aspect. Um the, uh, the look, first of all, um, um, there is a culture change. That, um, uh, there is a patriarchy within the police. I had to deal with that myself. Even sometimes in uh, being addressed correctly, it was difficult. Uh, when I joined, there were only five female officers out of a rank of 80. And... Uh, I was either not taken seriously. Um, even even the public, when they would come, um, I was stationed at Valletta. So somebody would turn up, ask the orderly, can I speak to the inspector? And he would say, yes, uh, knock on that door. And they would knock on uh, my office door and they would tell me I need to speak to the inspector. Uh, yes, take a seat. No, I need to speak to the inspector, not to the secretary of the inspector. So it, it just couldn't click. Mm. So uh, imagine... So I was a female in that role. So imagine the, the, the victim, uh, the, the perception of the victim. That was a long way that we had to, to, to walk first before actually um, even the Istanbul Convention was difficult. Uh, found, there was a certain difficulty where uh, to, to implement it, to, to change these cultures. So... Uh, there's a psychological aspect to it Mm -hmm. before introducing any form of law.
1: Okay, so we're looking at the fact that Malta's culture, traditions and level of patriarchy is actually affecting, obviously, the society that we live in and also the hierarchy within the system as well. So it's systemized in this
0: discrimination. Take, for example, harassment. I mean, it was introduced around uh, 20 years ago. It was so difficult initially uh, to show people, and especially men of a certain age, that you cannot just uh, go up to to any woman that you like and just do whatever, Mm -hmm. okay, or wolf whistle from across the road, because that's harassment. Mm -hmm. And even even that was very difficult to to enforce. So you, you would initially try to educate but there's a certain extent to it at some point you need to enforce mm-hmm. so it's it is a uh, a difficult um it's it is doable mind you it's not quantifiable so you cannot say look the level of difficulty is this because mm-hmm. because there aren't uh it's a bit like uh crime prevention and like uh neighborhood watch. Is is it successful? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but nothing has happened in the past year. So I, I suppose that it is successful because th- there weren't any robberies. Um, so there's this difficulty and no one so far, even within criminology, has found an answer for it.
1: Okay. And do you think there's a relation to the fact that they're short on staff? Maybe that they're not responding to these calls
0: as quickly as people would like? Yes, that's, that's definitely... Uh, the point, and uh recently the minister said, as a result of the inquiry that was held, said okay from forty four a stuff of forty four we're increasing it to sixty okay it's a start um it takes more than that it takes um uh, you need um a good backup system mm-hmm. even th- there was um a court judgment uh constitutional court judgment where a person, um, a woman, who was uh, reporting uh, several instances of domestic violence. And uh, because she filed reports uh, at different police stations, they weren't communicating. So they didn't get the whole picture. They could. All they had to do was access the database that had the reports. And uh, eventually... um, She she filed a case uh, for breach of human rights, rightly so. And she won it. And the court actually said, look, there were at least three entities. All they needed to do was communicate with each other. Just access the database, just switch on the computer and type in, not even her name, her ID card number, and all the reports would have shown up. It's your fault that you're not talking to each other. And as a result, she is suffering. So the state has to pay damages. Mm-hmm. So um again you you the the system the backup system um lack of communication between uh, different entities um you might say but in this day and age isn't it obvious even I mean the first thing you do in the mornings probably check your mobile so but you'd be surprised um with
1: this level of disorganization is there some... Are they taught, are they trained at some point that, listen, you need to communicate with one another, you need to update the files, you need to access the system? So this is done, for example, with doctors, like you were mentioning. So if I go to a different doctor, that's key in my ID card and just look at, look at my history, no. know? So the same should be done in these cases.
0: There are different levels of training. There's the training at the... Um initial level uh, as a recruit Mm -hmm. that's the common uh, um, most basic training that you can get and then once you move to a special branch it depends if you join a special branch as soon as you have joined the police that's difficult because you you need some basic district training Um, it's supposed to be that way now Mm -hmm. that you spend at least two years before joining because again that was uh, uh, one of one of the problems um, so imagine getting an 18-year-old who has absolutely no idea of maybe of, of life, what uh, life has to offer. And uh, then suddenly being um, thrown into in, into the, all of this. And you, you cannot understand what it means um, to be verbally abused. It's like mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't make a difference for the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, uh, then once, once a person moves to a special branch, then there's internal training. But uh, look, with, um, with the massive amount of cases, with uh, the kind of um, um, you need to be up to speed if you're going and spending the morning in court, you you have to focus on your cases and forget whether there's anything new coming up and then you go back and then you have to catch up and uh, with the with the day and prepare for the next morning for court so it's it's so intense mm-hmm. that sometimes you, you you don't really have time to train yourself to catch up on anything else except your your uh, workload mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not even enough mm-hmm. because I've been through it
1: yes So you said there's a staff of around 60, so we're saying just 60 for half a million people in Malta, for the population of Malta, my God.
0: It's still 44, it's going to be increased to 60. Okay. So honestly, um, where where are you going to beef it up from? You're Mm -hmm. going to move people out of other areas then, Mm -hmm. other sections. Mm -hmm. So you're going to create a problem elsewhere again. And the... Number of applicants, new applicants, has been dwindling over the years, over the five years, definitely. I used, I used to teach criminal law at, at the academy uh, to police recruits. We used to have four classes of like 28, 30 um, recruits each. Now, if you can, I don't know, um, I think it's, it's, a, it's around two classes maybe and 20 people each so if if you can manage to get uh enough recruits that that have the the, the basic standards at mm-hmm. the end of the day
1: mm-hmm. and are they trained on domestic how to deal with domestic violence cases with the psychology and emotional intelligence that you need to deal with these cases or not really
0: they they do they have um, they have their um training that is given by the uh, um, inspectors from the different areas, so you would have cybercrime because sometimes you, uh, you need to um, link that as well with cybercrime. Okay, so cyberbullying, for example. Uh, I I've seen these these uh, um, lectures, and uh, I know that they have exams, but then it's not just a one-off. You you need mm-hmm. to keep training for this because. Um, It's not a question of of developing a manual because sometimes I it, it has crossed my mind as a lecturer uh, and an academic should I uh, maybe publish something along those lines, but it's um, it's something which you, you don't just get from books so it's it it wouldn't really solve the problem you you need. Um, You need constant training. I mean, people from... uh, um, And interaction between the agencies, because that is seriously lacking. Because once you get that going, then, for example, uh, personally, I can observe um, what happens with child protection. Okay. It's definitely more successful because uh, there has been interaction for a very long time. And it's like something which is... uh, I'm not saying that it is neutral, but in relation to domestic violence, maybe people can deal with that within the police because I've seen that it's it's a personal observation. Um, so maybe um, when you say
1: agencies, what agencies so the multi police force working with
0: Um, uh, As a group, it's called FSWS uh, Foundation for Social Welfare Services. So, you would have the DV units within FSWS. You would have also CPS, the Child Protection Services. (coughs) You also have the um, uh, VSA, Victim Support Agency. It's a a new agency and they also have their own social workers and uh, case officers. And they also, because sometimes people... um, Go directly to the VSA rather than to the police, and um, in fact, there's also a memorandum of understanding with Legal Aid. Uh, so, if they need a lawyer, they would um, VSA would inform Legal Aid as well.
1: All right. Okay. All right. Um. Okay. This is very interesting.
0: <laughs> and of course, there's yes. court. There's just yes. one magistrate who's mm-hmm. dealing with all the cases.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But even if you have two magistrates, I don't think it would be enough.
1: Okay, so basically, it does boil down a bit to lack of staff, the actual attitude towards women within Malta and within the system, Mm -hmm. the lack of training. And then we've also got another tier, which is the complicated legal system. So in Malta, a lot of people say, I'm not even going to open a court case because it takes 10 years going up Mm -hmm. and down to court filing a lot of papers, mm-hmm. paying thousands of euros to lawyers, going up and down. Why do you think we're in the state we're in? So abroad, if you'd have a legal case, you wouldn't, you know, say that you're not going to do it just because of the time it takes. But in Malta, that seems to be impossible. So why do you think we've got into this state? I think that um, the
0: defense, um, the defense system has is more equipped than the prosecution. It's easier to tear down a case rather than to build it. As the prosecution does, obviously, it starts to collect the evidence and then starts to um, prove its point. And trust me, on the other side, it's easier because you just tear it down and you just instill doubt in anything that the prosecution says. So uh, um, there are a number of strategies that have developed over time. And because uh, I've seen it happen. So, for example, the, the <clears throat> more, more recent one is the uh, I'm hearing voices in my head and demonic voices. Now people are like resorting to this because it's, it's something new. OK, it has worked in the other case. <clears throat> Shall I try it now? Um, I might.
1: It, it might work. So we're talking about the Paulina demska case, where, for example, yes, 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 where most men are just saying, "Oh, they're crazy, going to Mount Carmel, and exactly. not actually going to prison."
0: <clears throat> exactly. Right. Obviously, there's there's a procedure for it. So if you're claiming insanity of some sort, uh, court experts have to be um, appointed, and uh, they they do their their testing, and uh, the procedure is, is is well established. You have to do that at the preliminary stage before anything else is presented. You don't start uh, prosecuting a case and then halfway through it, the defense says, oh, by the way, I forgot that my client has uh, an insanity plea to file. No, you, you, you deal with that uh, at the very beginning. And then the procedure follows from, from that. Is is the person considered um, mentally unstable? Yes or no?
1: And who carries that out? So I'm sure, OK, you're saying there's a psychological evaluation before mm-hmm. they take it up to court. But... A lot of men, like even with the Lisa Marie-Zara case, a lot of men seem to be hiding behind that. Yes, obviously, there are some mental health issues, obviously, that led them to do certain things, but they're not being reprimanded in the system, right?
0: You know what the most common um, form of defense or or, uh, attack by the defense is when it comes to women? She's crazy. Trust me.
1: Oh, yeah, we're still going on with yes. this. It's female hysteria.
0: <laughs> I actually had a case oh, my God. of forced marriage. Oh, yeah. And what do you think the parents said about their daughter? She's crazy. You know, so that is the most common form of defense. It's a strategy. It has been developed over time. It's been deconstructed and restructured in, in different and creative ways, but it still it boils down to the same defense, that she's crazy, yes. I've heard it so many times, even from police officers. So a woman would come and, and report a case, reports um, an instance of domestic violence. Oh, she's always doing that. She's crazy. She has issues. And so they would just take it down as a... Um, not as a police report, but as a civil case. It's just there for record purposes. I've seen it happen, and so you start questioning their evaluation but who who's making you an expert in psychiatry? <laughs> How are you going to answer in court for that? If the defense has to ask you like okay, um what did you do at that at that stage and and you know so um yes uh I should write a paper about that because I've seen it so many times, even within uh, my work as a child advocate. So I'm I'm dealing with, with the children and uh, um, usually there's a care order, a supervision order, the children are removed from their parents. And uh, it's, it's a case of usually the, the kettle calling the pot black. So one would be trafficking something, the mother would be prostituting herself and one would say, you're a bad parent and the other would say you're a bad parent too. So they start like bickering and then at one point it al- it always emerges. She's crazy. It's like I sometimes I start counting the the minutes. Okay, let's see. Um, and uh it's like, you know, um when you you you, you um place a bet, Um shall we hear it in the first sitting or in the second? What do you think? Oh my God. Yeah, it's cuz it's it's n- it's very normalized. She's crazy, yes. That, that's, that's the most um, uh, common uh, description of, of uh, a, a cause, the, the source of uh, that behavior, because she's crazy, yes.
1: And obviously you've got other men accepting that and under much understanding, but it's part of the culture to just sit with it.
0: Yes, and it happens across cultures. So it isn't just uh, within the Maltese context. So I, I had a, a non-Maltese third country national situation and I also heard that. That's, that's across the board. Actually, I should write a paper about it.
1: <laughs> And when they say she's crazy, so evoking the Berta Mason Madwoman in the attic Victorian hysteria episode... Um, do they actually have to do a psychological evaluation on the, women, the woman to actually prove that she's crazy or no? They kind of accept that and move on with the case.
0: Um, when you have a lawyer who's sharp enough to ask for it, mm. uh, usually um, then it, 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 uh, it's nibbed in the bud. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mind you, it's very difficult because the irony is this. Uh, magistrates dealing with domestic violence cases are female. So try and say that before a female judge, uh, a magistrate, or even judge in the family court, oh, she's crazy. Like, <laughs> like, you're not saying that to me, are you? Because <laughs> like, exactly. if you're thinking that about the, the, one of the parties, then, uh, and mind you, the majority of, of female, the majority of lawyers working in the family court are female. So it's very difficult. It's like now it, it's, it, it is nipped in the bud, mind you, because it's, it's like, aha, uh-huh, you're talking to me because we, we're all females here, like <laughs> except you, maybe. Um, uh-huh. But it's also... Um, I've noticed this also uh, in uh, for example same-sex relationships. The it's it's very easy it's um to accuse the other side of being crazy. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Um, so with for with two women for example, yes. you think? I've Isha. seen that as well, yes. So woman against woman.
1: So it's internalized basically this, it's internalized. It's definitely
0: been normalized over the years, I suppose. Yes.
1: In fact, there was that case in the 80s where there was a child in a washing machine or something and they said she was crazy. I think it was even
0: before that. Even Uh before that? In that regard, I think they they were right because to do that to a child, um, they might have been referring to a psychosis that materialized in that way. Um, But I I hear this a lot within family courts, juvenile courts, even, so...
1: Where do you think it comes from? Is it the lack of support that women get in society that kind of leads them to...
0: Lack of communication, mm. because uh, lack of understanding of each other. And uh, because we're dealing with marriage, um, uh, especially with marriage, obviously now we have more relationships and and cohabitation and civil unions. But at the time, because um, marriage was the, the um, predominating model, Uh, people forget that it is based on reciprocity. And so a basic misunderstanding of reciprocity and uh, a misunderstanding of uh, um, genders and, and their roles so uh, the woman would be looking at the man that is like some hairy female <laughs> okay and uh, expecting the man to to behave like like uh, a female but just with extra hair okay and the the man thinking that uh the, the woman behaves like a man but just has long hair or a bad hair day so uh, um sometimes it's, it is a question of communication but uh, um uh, so the easiest conclusion is to say that, oh, he or she is crazy. OK, because you cannot understand something, then that other thing outside of you is crazy. It's not that you have the issue of uh, understanding it. So uh, that that is the, the, the simplified version of it. Then you, you add on a layer of patriarchy. Then you add on a layer of, uh, I don't know, um, ignorance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so if there are
1: all these women in the system and as a magistrate in the court, why is it taking so long again
0: as in no the the workload look uh enormous circumstances there's always a a certain percentage of uh, cases that are um in the waiting list with covid it got so much um it's 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 just catastrophic I'm speaking from experience because the the court was uh, uh, in lockdown twice for six weeks, mm. not just once. It, it's already bad, but then to have um, uh, another lockdown for six—that was just. I mean, um, even I, as, a, as as a lawyer, um, imagine. So even in, lo- in a lockdown, um, the situation gets it deteriorates. Okay, it, it gets worse, even if there's uh, just a hairline crack. It it just widens up. Uh, Statistically, we have known for a number of years that the uh, highest incidence of domestic violence cases occur between Friday in the evening and Monday morning. Why? Because people are at home Mm. and they just bump into each other more often because otherwise they would be away at work, for example. So in that kind of situation, then uh, obviously um, the number uh, spiraled. And... uh, the the magistrate doesn't deal with domestic violence cases, um, the, the sitting on its own. She has juvenile court as well. And then she has the other um, general duties of a magistrate. So she would be on duty once or twice a month and anything that happens, she has to uh, appoint experts to conduct an, in inquiries. So that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have at least... Um, two days a week where you just sit down and write judgments and uh, that's why sometimes you you hear that uh the court is empty on a on a friday um why aren't magistrates and judges in court on a friday aha it's like they are but they're writing <laughs> they're writing judgments okay and um, um and and then you you have shortage of court stuff so if you don't have your basic um, uh, um procedure in place okay so if you if you don't have your deputy you don't have uh, or or even a messenger it's like you you cannot hold a sitting it's that simple I mean, I've been to court at, at nine in the morning and there's a shortage of stuff for some reason, even if they're stuck in traffic and on their, on their way. You don't start the thing unless there's everyone in place. And uh, that is what angers me the most because there is money for it. There, there, is, there are the resources. Just, just please, like, um, direct them towards the court. Start doing something about it because um, you already have a certain burnout because the kind of cases that you're dealing with imagine I mean it's court at the end of the day it's it's breaches of law it's the worst side of humanity that you're dealing with on a daily basis okay there's going to be burnout and people are going to ask for a transfer to another ministry Mm -hmm. away from court even if it's within justice uh, the justice um, ministry or department and um, so, why don't they employ more staff? Yes, good question. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. Very strange. It's very strange, and um, there are the means to do to do this. It, it's you cannot say that there isn't the money. There aren't uh, people who are qualified to do this. Um, there aren't people who are qualified to teach and to 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 show them the ropes. Mm-hmm. And, so. and yet we don't have it, yes. Even within the police, that mm-hmm. mind you.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing that I read which was interesting is that there's no law specifically on violence against women in Malta, right? So that was by Europe or I, EU.
0: Um, it depends because uh, there is, first of all. But it's it might be called differently because mm. I had a, a similar issue uh, recently. I had to write a, a country report on Malta. And uh, the uh, people based in Brussels were sending me these standards questionnaires. And I kept saying, we don't call it like that. We call it by a different name. So if you Google search it, you're not going to find it. So it's going to turn up as a, a, a zero, uh, zero results. But we do have it. So it happened, for example, with um, uh, hate crime. The legal term is racial hatred. I mean, if you search up uh, racial hatred, it will turn up. But if you look it up as hate crime, it won't. (laughs) And the same with child abuse. People are telling me, I would ask my students, for example, uh, look up the sections on child abuse and we'll discuss them next week. And they would turn up. We didn't find any. We didn't find any. Like, what did you search for? And I said, OK, child, uh, did you search for minor because it's a synonym for child and abuse? Did you look up, for example, maltreatment, mistreatment, uh, injuries or uh, whatever is it? And then they would actually look them up. I would make them look them up <laughs> in, the, in the lecture and like, oh, OK, so we found them. So if, if you had to ask um, somebody from outside, like like from Brussels, uh What does the Maltese uh, law say about child abuse? They would tell you, there isn't any. (laughs) Actually, there's a lot. So it's just called differently. So, for example, um, we have stalking, we have harassment, we have fear of violence. And, uh, okay, they they are listed under um, physical harm. Um, we have homicide, and now we have also femicide. So, and then the law is written in a neutral way, in a way that would apply to both um, male and female. We have female genital mut- mutilation, for example. We we have forced marriage, and again, the way it is worded, it doesn't say that uh, the female is forced. It's 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 neutral because it could be the other way around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Um, and now with different cultures, uh, um, uh, with diff- different ethnic minorities living in Malta, that's a reality now. And uh, I mean, I've seen it um, happen. And um, again, culture needs to catch up. The police culture, the internal one, needs to catch up with the reality outside.
1: Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a recent case that there was a spike in child marriages in a specific community in Malta, right? That, exactly. Uh-huh.
0: So, again... um, Is this legal, though? Look, uh, the age of marriage is 16. Yes. And um, as regards civil marriage, and the church has its own uh, system and code, the, the canonical code, and it has also established it at 16. It was even less, mind you. Yes. But that's historic. Um, But then the bishops uh, can uh, set their own uh, um, uh, um, threshold. So they chose 16 to be in line with that of the state. And um, because girls can be as young as 14. Yes, and they can be married in, a, in the Catholic Church. That's according to the, to the general code. But um, then it's up to the local bishop to, to decide. And so the, the Maltese bishops uh, actually decided that it's going to be 16 to be in line with, with um, the, the, the civil state. And um, so what happens is in cultures, they have their own religious leaders, and uh, yet, they still uh, bypass whatever their leaders say. Because I know that they tell them that, like, look, let's follow the laws of the country and uh, take that as as a standard. But they they still do. And uh, there, there are different ways now um, of of marrying by proxy, for example. So you can marry off somebody in a that is in a different country. Yes, so you're not physically together and uh, um, it's also available civilly, mind you. Uh, But nowadays with with, uh, um, uh, Zoom and whatever, I mean, you could actually see the person and and, and do that uh, in certain situations. Um, But in uh, these kind of cultures, what really worries me is that if forced marriage is... um, is real in our in our country. Imagine female genital mutilation. So, uh, who who is um, checking? Um, who who is checking for this? Who is observing this? Who is in a position to do this within the police, for example? Who is holding the um, talks with with uh, ethnic minorities? Who's keeping tabs? Because that's what worries me. It's it's in the law, but it's not being enforced. Mm because i had a similar issue recently i had a, ma- a massive argument with a person uh with regards to environmental offenses because um there there is a particular group of enforcers who have uh, electronic equipment and and they they give you the uh the the, the ticket um traffic offense ticket or or environmental um uh, contravention uh there and then because they just input it in the system and you just get the the printout and they said Are all the offences inputted in the system or is it just a small percentage? And then it transpired that it's only a part of a total number of offences. And I pointed that out and said, okay, so it's in the law, but nobody is going to enforce it because it's not on the equipment. So, uh, you know... uh, okay, maybe I'm the one who asked these kinds of questions because I've been on both sides as an enforcer and now as a lawyer and and also as an academic, so I can see it from different angles. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they eventually corrected it. But uh,
1: um, But you have to point it out. (laughs) Yes, somebody has to keep tabs. Yes, okay. All right. So we're saying there's no direct law on domestic violence against women, but there is against domestic violence and harassment.
0: Look, there is uh, that it's it's not maybe called domestic violence um, or it, mm-hmm. it has a, a specific subtitle for it. But but there mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. especially if there are injuries, for example. Then you you have you just need to know how how the, the criminal code works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is. Um, what bugs me is that the. Uh, whoever is enforcing it, doesn't know the difference between uh, the physical uh, violence, verbal, financial violence, okay, withholding money. Um, And there was a particular case in Gozo where the domestic violence, um, it was um, the parties were the father and the daughter, the domestic violence was also religious. Yes, because he he would be uh, telling her... um, pointing to the cross and saying stuff and saying you're doomed because... So, there was this um, uh, manifestation of patriarchy through religion, the the expression of religion. Again, it's always that expression of patriarchy. So, um, I sometimes try to explain to... um, um, Let's call them clients, people who phone up um, legal aid. I try to explain to them the the notion of reciprocity within marriage and then I say okay so it's very basic I give you a gift and with that gift you become a better person and you're in a higher position now so when the next time you're giving a gift whether it's uh, you're returning it to me or returning the, the the gift exchange or to somebody else you're from that higher position and hopefully you're going to help the other person reach that higher position as well that's reciprocity within marriage. It's more than just mutuality because in mutuality, it's tit for tat. Um, I give you this paper and you give me something equivalent and the obligation is extinguished. But in reciprocity, it, it keeps going and um, until it becomes an upward spiral.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Now, do you have that in, in in your current situation with your partner, with your husband or whoever, like because um, you have different regimes, the civil union, the cohabitation? And they, t- and they say, no, tell me how um, you don't have it. Give me examples. And then they start realizing that, uh, yes, that's abuse. And yes, that's domestic abuse. Because it's not equal. Because it, 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 it's not physical. Uh, it's, it's the other aspects. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's easier yes. to see the physical yes. abuse. Yes. But the verbal violence, the, the, the financial violence and anything else. And mind that, that judgment that was in a, uh in the Gosseting courts, and it wasn't actually a criminal case, it was a case where the daughter asked for damages, civil damages, because the father through domestic violence uh didn't um was was keeping her from reaching her potential. And so uh it was a it boiled down to, for example, I wanted to become, I don't know, a doctor. Instead, I became uh, uh, something completely different. So you calculate the, the salary of your current situation and the salary you would have obtained as a doctor. And there is a formula and you work it out. So it's an X amount of damages. And the case was based uh, on that premise, and initially, I think it was something around 80,000 euros in um, the, the first judgment. And then on appeal, it was reduced to 40 because they said, look, um, the number of years was computed uh, differently. It, so they took a longer time. So they said, like, for example, retirement is at 65, but in her case, it was at 60, something similar. So um, it, it was a case that was built um, along the lines of tort law rather than a criminal case. But I still use it when I'm um, lecturing and especially when I'm giving speeches and talks and presentations to social workers working within, for example, the education ministry and different ministries. And uh, I I tell them, look, there has been this case. The court is already knowledgeable about the different kinds of domestic violence now. It's there. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's part of the case law. It's part of jurisprudence now. You cannot say that the court has never dealt with domestic violence, the verbal, the uh, financial and anything else. Uh, so it has no idea. It has now. Th- th- there is a judgment.
1: Mm-hmm. And do you think this should be taught in schools So should there be on how to protect yourself, so from an emotional, financial and legal level, so before entering a marriage, for example. So recently there's been a discussion on prenups and how to legally protect yourself. Um, But usually after women go to certain type of abuse, they cannot financially get a lawyer, for example, or they don't know what kind of help they should get in a situation because they would have signed something. Mm -hmm. Should we be educated on
0: this as females? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um we don't have the culture of prenups. what we have is you either have the community of aqueses where once you, you get married it's automatic and um, you get a pooling of all the, the um, resources, whether movables and the movables. So movables would be um, cash, for example, the the uh, salary and income and the movables would be the the place of residence and um, other property. Uh, you can either go for that. It's automatic once you get married anyway. Or choose the uh, the other regime called separation of estates. Um, you can sign it before, but even during marriage, you can sign it at, at any time. And uh, basically, it's it's, um, it's a public deed. It's done before a notary. Um, it's not very long. It's like a three-liner which says uh, from this point onwards... Um, so and so is going to mari- manage her uh, income and uh, her assets and is not liable for uh, any debts that that would be incurred by the other party. That's all it is. And and then there's a um, a, a third kind of regime uh, where it's a mixture of both. So you would have the separation of estates when it comes. Maybe you have a profession and you might be liable uh, to a court case to to, to damages. Um, so, if you have the community of aquists, it would affect uh, your spouse's um, uh, patrimony and it's not fair. So, you would say, okay, when it comes to um, one's profession, then we have the separation of estates, we manage each, each um, separately. But when it comes to children, then we have the joint account, we have um, the pooling of uh, resources. That is also doable. You, you go to a notary and you draw up the deed. Uh, What worries me now is that uh, outside of marriage, when you have two people who are cohabiting, it doesn't cross their mind that there's such a thing as cohabitation, and you need to go to a notary and draw up a public deed. Because sometimes when I try to explain it, they say, but it's not romantic. Uh, He's going to think that I don't love him. Trust me, (laughs) you need it right from the start. And if if he loves you, it shouldn't be a problem. (laughs) And um, it's, it's now a legal obligation. So if you're cohabiting and you don't have this contract, uh, you're in troubled waters.
1: So even renting, we're talking about, or if you bought a place together,
0: both? Anything, anything, as long as you're um, using your money and his money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be, again, a, um, a same-sex couple. Mm-hmm. it would still be applied, um, applicable to even a civil union. I mean, civil union is, is just, is just um, another name for marriage. So if you don't like to use the, the word marriage, use civil union. Um, it's the same exact obligations as marriage, especially towards children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, first I would start off by educating people about reciprocity. Because in a marriage... Um, that's actually the subject of my PhD: reciprocity in marriage. What does it mean, and uh, how is it established? And uh, you understand not just the positive reciprocity, because there's the, the negative reciprocity. So, for example, within marriage, uh, the the perverse version of of. Uh, um, uh, the the uh, bond, the the marriage bond, would be domestic violence because that's a perversion of the gift. So reciprocity is about giving and making the other person a better person within marriage and you're constantly giving and exchanging. So the perversion of that is domestic violence. Why? Because you're taking from the other person, you're withdraw- withholding or withdrawing something. So um, you need to understand the red flags. But first, you need to understand reciprocity.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. That that there's a positive, there's negative, and then what are the red flags? And um, basically, prepare yourself um, um, as as if you're entering into a contract. Because at at the end of the day, marriage for forget love. Okay, you you don't mean it's it's, uh, useless mentioning love in courts, whether it's. a court belonging to the state or the court belonging to, to the church for the annulment of marriages, it's not about love. It's about the contractual obligations. Did you fulfill the contractual obligations Did you when you were giving your consent, whether it's on the altar or before um, um, the, the, the registrar, for example? What were your intentions? Because if your intentions uh, are vitiated and, and you're entering into a contract, then that contract is fraudulent. Mm. It's, it boils down to a contract. In fact, even uh, Pope Paul VI actually said at one point and uh, <laughs> caused an uproar. Um, and this reminds me of the Tina Turner song "What's Love Got to Do with It?" And he said, actually, marriage uh, and love—it's uh, it, not about love. Marriage is about the contractual obligations. Full stop. Okay, I mean, and he he uh, used the example of buying a house. And he actually said in his speech, when you're buying a house, uh, you know what the obligations are. Uh, is it important to love the house? I mean, it would be uh, better to love the house, obviously, but you, you don't need to love the house. You need to fulfill the contractual obligations in um, taking care of the house and the maintenance and seeing that there aren't any latent defects that would, again, um, vitiate the the whole contract because you're selling me something that doesn't exist, you know. So uh, I think people need to be educated along these lines because we're, we're just drawn by the romantic side of uh, films and movies and whatever and uh, mm-hmm. fiction.
1: Mm-hmm. And with your experience working in the police force and on the legal side as well, um, when it comes to child abuse and domestic violence, have we improved? in that aspect so we had even cases where for example with Bernice Kassar um, she was killed and they said that the kids were orphans so there was an article really quickly that mm. they would be put into the system and then the grandparents had to
0: Mela um, with regards to the Bernice case um, what was worrying was that before the magistrate's court the v uh, sitting um, the court said that there is a protection order the I think the father cannot uh, um, uh, cannot contact the children. Before the family court, the, um, uh, the, the court decree said, yes, he has a right to access um, so many times a week and even sleepovers are uh, permitted. That's the same court. So one is the magistrate's court, the DV sitting, and the other is the family court. Uh, in their case regarding separation, and they weren't communicating. And that came out in the Valencia inquiry reports. Now it's it's about 70, 80 pages, but only the last um, 10 pages were um, are actually accessible to the public. Um, because those are the recommendations, the the private details, obviously, with GDPR and everything else, you you cannot access that. But it was mentioned in the recommendations that the courts need to to talk among themselves. They need to communicate. Just it's as bad as within the police. Um, So, yes, there needs to be... um, I don't know whether it can be uh, done through a database or I'm not... a tech expert so but i'm sure that there is a way of doing this
1: well we have we're in 2023 so i'm sure you have the technology and the resources just need to use them right
0: uh look covid um uh, pushed the courts in that direction they started using teams and now in every single course room there's a a a huge monitor and you can actually um, even testify Let, let's say you're a doctor and you cannot leave your practice uh, the uh, court secretary would send you the, the link and then you would testify for example at noon over Zoom or something exactly yes, sir. Okay. so now it's doable mm-hmm. even the most because uh, um, I knew of judges who were completely terrified of this technology but by now it's, it's, it's becoming normalized mm-hmm. so yes there's more to be done
1: Also, there was a case in LA, if I'm not mistaken, where an AI robot was presented as a legal defense for someone. Do you think this will become a thing or it will catch on?
0: Um, We use technology in the sense of uh, CCTV footage. So uh, if that classifies as um, Mm -hmm. electronic evidence, um, one has to look into it and see whether um, it is acceptable by courts.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Do you have any final comments that you'd like to make? That's how, as the public, we can maybe improve
0: the system slightly. Look, we need to um, to know our um, uh, our rights, okay. And uh, the the dynamics of abuse. There's a phrase that I like to use with students. It's called frog boiling. Um, how do you boil a frog? Okay, uh, a frog like leaps out of something and can just run away. You don't put a lid on it, by the way. Uh, I, I'm not a, um, <laughs> I'm not a cook, but uh, I, I know that um, the analogy is related to to this because um, when you place a frog in water, I mean, a frog takes to water. Obviously, it's an amphibian. It will tolerate the. Uh, rising temperature for a while and it just keeps tolerating and tolerating until it's too late for the frog to jump out because the the frog's energy would have drained because it would it would be so hot that it doesn't have enough force in its hind legs to leap out that is frog boiling and it's something which is um being used uh, not, not in academic circles, but uh, it's it's a very apt description of uh, the escalation of domestic violence and uh, a certain manipulation and how the victim uh, would be in denial, so we need to be aware of of this mm-hmm. dynamic. Uh, situation that can happen to us even in other areas of our life not just domestic violence so that is part of the red flag or, or series of red flags that we need to be uh, aware of and educated we need to be really um uh, uh, educated in, in saying no when it happens i don't know how many times i have spoken to women and they will tell you i uh Spent a year in uh, uh, with no salary because I had uh, I was on maternity leave, for example. And I was always afraid to ask him for money. Why? Uh, because it's uh, I was ashamed to ask. But it's your right. It's you have a right to half of his monthly sal- salary there and then. You like whatever income he's he's bringing home. He have a right to half of it, even if you have separation of estates. If if you're in that situation, he still is ob- legally obliged um, to support you It's in the law so um, yes education along those lines
1: women need to be more aware of their rights like you're saying and that a relationship any type of relationship is consensual and that there is help and you can speak up so even if you can't afford it there's victim support Malta like we mentioned yes. there's legal aids even at university like you were telling me um, you just, like you said, you just have to realize. I don't think we're taught about red flags and relationships and what healthy relationships are. Going mm-hmm. back to social media and films, and I
0: think that's the happily ever after, exactly. the fairy tale, it, it's yes. it's imprinted in us, yes. yes, and we keep hoping. So um, hopefully now, with MIGS, mixed uh, secondary schools. Um, it it should be easier because it would involve everyone then,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and not just. Uh, I attended a girls only school okay. in secondary, so I'm, I suppose many people my age did that. So it mm-hmm. it's came much later mm-hmm. when I had my own daughter. So that was the the beginning basically, mm-hmm. and my daughter is fifteen. So uh, it's it's a very recent development. So now um, maybe the education system needs to to adapt to the situation and and reach more people because it's a mixed system. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it it boils down to a question of uh, communication. Um, Because then again, I I see situations where women emasculate men within a marriage. Okay. And I've seen, I've had instances where the client was a man. And uh, generally it's not just the the wife who is abusive even the children because then that's a different dynamic so um, and they are just as bad and and as heart-wrenching trust me because when you start hearing how um, how the person would be basically pushed into living into just one room and not even being able to exit and have a cup of coffee and uh, it's 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 bad. Um, Whoever is at the other end of it, who is at the receiving end. Um, So yes, um, education from a a young age. I hope I have answered your question.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. This is the end of the session. (laughs) Thank you everyone for watching. Um, If you'd like to get in touch, I'm going to put the details down below in the video. Um,
0: Thanks. (music) Thank <music> you.